This is a bonus episode of Making Sunday Happen, hiring the right team for Sunday with Holly Tate. Let's do it. This is the definitive podcast for helping you plan, create, and execute dynamic worship experiences at your church. Useful, practical content in the areas of production, worship, communications, first impressions, and more. This is Making Sunday Happen. Hey guys, welcome to this bonus episode of Making Sunday Happen. This week, I welcome my friend Holly Tate. Holly is the Vice President of Business Development at Vanderblumen, and they have just launched a sister company called Christian Teams, a ministry dedicated to helping you find the right supporting staff members for your church or your organization. They help staff and recruit your support roles. I'll talk with Holly today about how to recruit the right talent for your church, how to hire during a pandemic, what to look for on a resume, and what are some red flags, the difference in furloughs and layoffs, and more. It's an episode about helping you craft the right team for your worship experiences and for your church. So I hope you'll get a lot of great information today. We'll dive right into my interview with Holly right after this. Here we go. Introducing monthly custom media plans from 1230 Media. Affordable, no-contract monthly plans for custom graphic design and video for your church. Custom sermon series designs, announcement graphics, social media graphics, sermon bumpers and trailers, promotional videos, countdowns, church announcement videos, and more. Choose between custom graphics, custom video, or graphics and video plans. Harness the power of a full creative team every month to serve your church or ministry with plans starting at only $600 per month. Join hundreds of churches using 1230 Media to transform your worship experience. Get started today at 1230.media slash pricing. That's 1230.media slash pricing. Hey guys, today I welcome my friend Holly Tate. Holly is the Vice President of Business Development. Sounds so important. Uh, at <laughs> Vanderblumen. Holly, thanks so much for hanging out. Really appreciate you being here. It is always good to hang out with you, Carl. I am so excited to be here today. Awesome. Now, I wanted to chat with you because you guys just launched a, a new sister company uh, to Vanderblumen, which I'm I'm super pumped about. So, Vander, tell us what Vanderblumen does, and then tell us uh, Christian Teams and kind of the difference in the two. Yes. So, Vanderblumen is an executive search firm that helps churches and Christian organizations find their executive staff. So we've been in existence for 10 years now. 2020 was in the middle of COVID was our 10, 10th birthday. <laughs> as a, I know. Was our, um, our 10 year anniversary as a company. And so over the years, um, you know, we've, we've learned that there was a need for um, our same service, but just a little bit different for support level roles, right? Because there's some roles where you don't need a national executive search. Maybe that's, um, you know, your IT coordinator or your um, event director or um, an associate pastor. I mean, it's, it varies depending on your organization and we'll dive into that today. But so of 10 years of learning, we um, had beta tested a couple of different processes over the years to try to figure out what could work for our clients. And we took all of that and launched Christian Teams, which is our sister company. So it's a separate company, but powered by Vanderblumen. 
And it's a virtual staffing solution for support support roles at Christian organizations. So that's Vanderblumen and Christian Teams. So what are some of the things that uh, maybe I've had to do in the past to find that support role that you guys at Christian Teams are, are, would take for me and do for me? Yes. So, well, especially right now, Carl, with unemployment at, well, it was at 11%. Now I think we're hovering around 8% or so. Um, you can definitely post a job on a job board. And there's so many these days. That's part of the the problem is it's overwhelming. There's mm-hmm. even within our Christian space, there's a lot of job boards out there, which mm-hmm. it adds up. I mean, you're looking at probably, you know, anywhere from 500 to a thousand or more dollars you could spend just posting to job boards. Mm-hmm. And the issue right now is it's not that you're not going to get resumes. You're going to get a ton of resumes. Because unfortunately, a lot of organizations have had to go through layoffs or um, furloughs and or people are exhausted and they've just decided to move on from what they're doing. And so um, we're able to do the heavy lifting for our clients on the Christian team side and on the Vanderbilt side. But for those support roles on the Christian team side, we're able to do a lot of that heavy lifting of sifting through those applicants and really discerning, okay, who really has the potential to be the right fit here um, that the client should really spend time interviewing rather than having those, those phone interviews with folks that aren't qualified. And then that executive pastor or associate head of school feeling frustrated and um, like they're back to ground zero at the end of every phone interview. So, yeah. So you guys are, are sifting through the, the, the gold. Uh, how do you know, or how do you guys determine what is a a a, 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 a nugget, a, a person that, that people, that a church needs to talk to? What is your sifting process look like? Well, the beauty is, is that this is definitely an art and not a science. So every organization we work with is different, right? On many different levels. So first of all, because we're in the Christian space, theology is so important. So all of our clients have different theological alignments. Maybe they're a part of a denomination or maybe they're not, maybe they're non-denominational, but they still have the theological DNA that makes them unique, whether they're complementarian or egalitarian, whether they're more charismatic or, um, you know, more mainline um, and everything in between. And so theology is a huge component of what we dive into on both the client side and the candidate side. Um, because that informs everything, right, Carl? I mean, you guys see that a lot in your with your clients um, from a worship perspective. Depending on your theological bend, your worship experience is going to be completely different from the church down the street. Right. And so um, we're able to really dive in theologically and understand both the client and Good. the candidate, as well as, of course, the characteristics um, and experience that the client is looking for um, to really make sure that the person's a right fit. And I can set that with you. I can say, Hey, we're, we lean Southern Baptist. So we're going to look for people in this event. And we also want people with more than a year experience, five years experience doing X, Y, Z. I can set those parameters and then you do the sifting for me. Is that how it works? Exactly. Yeah. We spend a lot of time with the client on a video uh, phone. I was going to say over the phone, but it's really over video. <laughs> um, uh, on the front end of our process, to really ask those questions and do a deep dive um, to really understand uh, where they fall theologically, culturally, like from a leadership perspective. Every organization has a different workplace culture, 
Um, and then obviously the expertise and skills that they're looking for in this specific role. So one of the first things that comes to mind is I'm a pastor leader and I might be thinking, yeah, right. I'd love to hire a team, but uh, COVID has really, you know, hit us big time. Uh, we've had to lay off people, uh, things yeah. like that. So, um, and we were talking a little bit before we started recording about what churches are seeing, where giving's at. Do you want to uh, talk about that? And maybe what would you tell me as a pastor that's like, I can't, there's no way I can hire right now. Absolutely. So again, and I feel like a broken record, but it's so true that every church is facing their own unique season right now. So we have some clients who are kind of embarrassed because their giving has exploded during this time because they have an incredible culture of generosity. And, you know, the I've had conversations with pastors that are like, I don't want to talk about it because I know there are a lot of churches that are hurting, but we saw the best month of giving ever. And they're, they're navigating that and are excited, but also um, afraid that that won't keep up, right? And we're about to go into an election and into a fall where we have no idea what COVID's going to do this fall. So um, there's a lot of unknown, but there's churches that are experiencing all-time giving highs. Then there are a lot of churches that are severely hurting right now. And I don't want anybody to think that I'm saying that... Um, that they're, they're not because there are a lot of churches that are hurting right now. And um, so we're seeing that all over the map. Now, from a high level view, we have done, we did a survey of over 900 churches or Christian organizations, but most of them were churches that, um, that took PPP money in some capacity. Uh, mm-hmm. They were a part of the Paycheck Protection Program under the CARES Act that mm-hmm. happened over the summer. And what we learned through that of over 900 Christian organizations is that giving has, for the majority of these organizations, has either maintained or increased. So I hope that that's an encouragement to pastors and church leaders that are listening. Um, you know, and and if if that's not you, I also want to encourage you that you're not alone. There are many churches out there that are hurting and have seen a decline. But I do think we have an we have an opportunity here now more than ever to rethink our giving strategies. Mm. So one example would be if you're out there and you know, like we have got to hire a communications director. Like this is a necessary hire to take us into the future of ministry. We've got to have a communications director or maybe it's an IT director or whatever the title is, that person that can really help us think about how to migrate that online and offline worship experience into one experience. Um, that's an opportunity to go to your congregation and tell a specific story and make a specific invitation for them to give to something that they can make a difference, a tangible difference in today. Whereas I think what we're used to in a lot of congregations is just relying on the rhythm of Sunday, hope waiting till the end of the year, seeing how year-end giving goes, Maybe we'll see an uptick around Easter. I think this is an opportunity for us to ask for specific um, things and make invitations for people in our congregation to come alongside us Mm. and help take our church into the future, whether that's from a staffing perspective, a technological perspective, um, a service or an outreach perspective. Rethink the way that you're inviting your congregation to come alongside you and participate in giving. That's really good. Uh, let me ask an, an obvious question here, and that is, why is it important that I not only have a great team, but I have the right people on the right seat on the bus? 
Yeah. So to your point, we're seeing that you just asked me the question before, we're seeing a lot of churches think about reorg right now, reorganizing, because, you know, maybe they had the um, director of first impressions that was super busy on the weekend because they were um, figuring out the parking lot volunteers and the hospitality team. And that role looks a lot different than it did a few months ago. And um, so there, a lot of churches are reorganizing their staff. It's important that church leaders not just put people in places that are open on the org chart, but that they put people in the right places on the org chart. Because we can all um, operate in a role that we're not necessarily the best at or that we don't really love for a certain period of time. But there's going to be a time if we're not in a role where we are thriving and where mm-hmm. we're, we're not able to be our best, that does our organization a disservice because um, there could be somebody in that role that's the best at that role. And so that's right. why it's important that we get the right people in the right seats on the bus. And so I think it's really important that church leaders, um, as you're thinking about reorganizing your staff, Spend time asking your staff what they love to do. What do they feel called to? What are the unique gifts that God has given them? And how can you create new roles uh, to be able to put them in the places where they're going to really thrive and provide the most value in their calling um, on your church staff? And of course, there's always going to be things that, you know, no job is perfect. We're always going to, even, even though we're in ministry, there's always have the other duties as assigned on our resume. Exactly. And absolutely. And your attitude towards that sentence in your job description is, makes a huge difference. Um, So I'm not saying that, but I am saying, I think it's important that church leaders really spend time uh, getting feedback from their team and figuring out where the best place for them on the staff is as you move forward. Good. Um, if I'm hiring a team for my church, give me some things that I need to maybe be looking for, or maybe um, some red flags that, hey, if you see an applicant come in that's this, we're gonna, we're not even gonna send it to you because we know that this is a red flag. Do, do you have anything like that? Yeah. So the things that I would say, and this this would not be, um, don't take these as hard rules because again, everybody has a story and your resume is just one part of us getting to know your story. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I think it's really important and why our service is so great because we're able to really get to know the candidates really well and not just judge them from a piece of paper, right? Right. Um, but one thing you can look for is their tenure at organizations. Um, you know, we, uh, there, it's not always a bad thing if you're at a place for a year and another place for a year and a half and another place for two years, that's not always a bad thing, but I would dive in and ask some questions around that. Um, why do they seem to be job hopping a bit? Um, that would be one thing that I would look for. Are they really, uh, clear on what their calling is and what their gift and skill set? is as a person, um, or are they still trying to figure that out? If there's job hopping involved, that might make me ask some questions and want to dive in a little bit more. Next thing is, in order for you to really get clear on a candidate's theology, that means you've got to get clear on your theology. We spend a lot of time with church leadership teams or board boards or um, committees where as we're asking them questions, we're uncovering that the board isn't even aligned on their theological values or beliefs. So that's really important that 
It's, you know, Socrates said, know thyself. (laughs) You as an organization have got to know yourself before you can find the right fit in a role. So um, that's kind of turning the question a bit uh, onto the church to do some homework first. Um, But but theology is going to be a huge component of that. And you can see some of that in a resume, like um, the name of the church, right, Mm -hmm. Uh, can often give us hints at where they align theologically. And then geography, Um, you know, we're definitely in a more transient world, especially now, but geography, cultural geography makes a huge difference. Can somebody from New York City migrate to, um, you know, Alabama? (laughs) Well, are they going to thrive there? Maybe, or maybe we need to spend some time and ask some questions because those are very different cultures. So those are kind of three three different areas Good. that you might spend some time thinking about as you're looking at um, resumes in this season. Excellent. What if I'm a, a candidate? What if I'm not a, a church or organization? How can you help me as a candidate find a good fit with a church or organization? Yeah, well, the the price tag is great. It's free for any candidate um, to always peruse the um, opportunities that we have on our website. So any candidate can go and Check it out. You can filter by lots of different um, characteristics on our websites from our open roles that are there. So I would encourage anybody who's feeling like God might um, be calling them to their next thing to check out those opportunities. You can apply for them uh, right there on our website. But if you still have questions or you just want to talk to somebody, you can always reach out to our team. Our recruiting team is amazing and they spend their days just really caring for and praying with candidates. Um, cause we're often the first call yeah. that, that, um, candidates make. Cause it's tough when you're in ministry, your best friend is in your small group. That's also, uh, your colleague. And yes. if you feel like the Lord is calling you to something else, that's, that can be an awkward and uncomfortable conversation. And so, yeah. um, our team is here to, to help you navigate that. That's a very good point. Uh, what's your URL Christian teams.com Christian teams.com. Yep. Okay. That's right. Good. good. All right, a couple more quick questions for you uh, as we wrap up today. So I I recently uh, saw a webinar that you did. I think it was a member of your team uh, about the difference in furloughs and layoffs. Um, So can you give us any difference uh, or insight into the difference of each? If I'm a church that's wrestling with uh, furlough and layoff or maybe even bringing those folks back, um, maybe I'm at that point now. Can you give me some insight into that? Yeah. So a lot of people think that furloughs and layoffs are synonymous, but they are different. And the most important thing is that you're really clear with your staff um, on the front end when you're having to make these decisions. Because it can get really confusing if you're telling somebody they're furloughed, but actually you mean they're laid off. Um, And it's all about expectations. So furlough is basically saying, hey, we've had to cut back our staff because of finances or um, the downturn in the economy or whatever it might be. Um, it doesn't have anything to do with their performance. It's they're having to make a organizational decision um, and and start the furlough process. But it usually has a timeline. So for example, you might say, we're furloughing X number of staff for the next three months because we need to see how the economy goes or how giving goes. And if at the end of those three months we meet these benchmarks, we are gonna we would love to start bringing these people back. That's an example of a furlough. Whereas a layoff means the termination happens at that time, um, and so it's it's more permanent. And so that's why it's important that 
you understand and spend time um, with the difference between the two and you're clear on the front end um, because it's really, um, you also need to be fair to the candidate because if they love working there and they feel like there's a chance that they could come back to work in three months, they might wait around if they're able to financially and kind of see what happens. But if you don't have any intention of bringing them back, it's probably better to go ahead and lay them off. Um, I definitely am not an HR expert, so I would encourage you to make sure that you are seeking, uh, when you're making decisions like this, you should have an HR professional and also a lawyer help you navigate these things. These are big, serious topics that you need to get right as a leader. Um, so make sure you spend time really getting this right as you're going through these um, really difficult processes with your staff. Good. All right. Last question for you. If I'm a church and I'm worried about cash flow, so if I'm coming out of COVID, but if I'm still nervous about, well, I don't know if we should hire because I don't know what the next three months look like. We need to get past the election. We need to get past to see if COVID, whatever. Yeah. Um, what, what would you tell me? Uh, what would you encourage me to do coming out of this season? Yeah. So I'll touch on again, what I said a few minutes ago, I think it's a great opportunity for you to go to um, donors or specific people in your organization that um, maybe have even approached you and said, Hey, we would love to give, how can we help? Um, It's a great opportunity for you to go to them and say, this is how you can help. We need to make this higher or um, use finances in this way. Can you come alongside us? So, I already said that, but I think it's a great opportunity. So I'm going to say it again. The second thing is I would look at, look at your org chart. Where can you cut the fat, um, both in your org chart and in your budget? I'm sure at this stage, every leader has looked at their budget probably over and over a million times. Um, but it's always good to, you know, on a monthly basis, if not more regularly to say, where are we spending that is not moving the needle? Um, you know, where, where we can cut back to be able to, to steward those finances in a different way. Um, and if there are roles on your team that, you know, uh, for example, an online pastor, that communications director, that IT director, um, that are going to move the needle forward and helping your church, uh, migrate into the future in a more effective way. That's where I would, um, Rebudget or refocus your time, your energy, your resources, um, rather than just keep things the way they've always been done. So that's what I would encourage leaders to think about: is what are those roles that are going to really move us into the future? And you've got to do whatever you can to to make that happen now, um, as we're coming out of this season, to set you up for success as we move forward for effective ministry. Where can I find you guys? How how can I get started with you? Sure. Well, you can always email me. I'm holly at vanderbloomen.com. So you can email me um, or go to vanderbloomen.com or christianteams.com. And we'd love to help any church or ministry that we can. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for your time, Holly. Thanks, Carl, for all you guys and 1230 Media are doing for the church. It's so important as we help churches navigate this, what you said, new normal. (laughs) So thank you for all you guys do as well. Did you know social media posts with video have 48% more views? Videos gain 1,200% more shares on social media than text and images combined. And viewers retain 95% of a message when they watch it in a video compared to 10% when reading it in text. Introducing Sermon Clipper, the powerful new service that produces powerful social media clips from your weekly message. 
you can maximize the impact of your sermons, reach more people, and repurpose your content for greater impact. Take your worship experience beyond Sunday with Sermon Clipper. Learn more at sermonclipper.com. The show notes for this episode are available now at makingsundayhappen.com. Well, hey guys, thanks so much for hanging out on this bonus episode of the podcast. We love you guys. We are on the journey with you. If you need us, feel free to reach out anytime. Our website is 1230.media. We'll continue to create incredible worship experiences for your church this week. I'll see you next time. Making Sunday Happen is a production of the Ministry of 1230 Media. For show notes, archive episodes, and more free resources for your church, visit makingsundayhappen.com.